Yo, 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 it's your boy Sneaky from R&R, recognition and respect. Tune in every Monday from 8 to 9 to catch up with me and my adventures and hear from my guests ranging from artists to entrepreneurs and much, much more. Catch us every Monday of the week on the west side of the after party. See you at the party, y'all. What's up, party people? You're back. Recognition and respect with your boy Sneaky. I'm a little hungover, a little dehydrated, so if my energy is low today, I apologize in advance. But I got an awesome guest. Before I get there, got to do my, my part for my sponsors. Help me keep this thing alive. Help me pay the bills, get the lights on, keep bringing you dope content, awesome guests. So first off, do drops of light. Super thankful that they've joined the team. They're at the home of the Wake and Bake Bar, a THC-infused breakfast bar with oats, nuts, dried fruit, and chocolate. Great in the morning with coffee or tea. Perfect for an on-the-go snack and pick-me-up. Comes in four awesome flavors. They also do cookies. They also do uh, Joy Juice, which is a, a green dragon tincture. So it's like 90% um, alcohol-infused, 30-hour extraction. You could pretty much drop it on anything. Great for micro-dosing or just enhancing, making anything medicated. I use it a lot during the holidays, you know, just like, there we go. And then um, Midnight Motives, my brother's band. Uh, Guests from episode 24, their album Visions is out on iTunes and Spotify, so go stream, go share, go spread the word. They're going to have some shows coming up, so be on the lookout for that as well. And last but definitely not least, Nightflare Company, a film, music production, and booking company. Services include live sound and recording with JQ. Uh, studio production and recording by Frankie Valentine, another guest from episode 13. Uh, video content by Napalm Monkey Productions and Flying Chimp Studios. And uh, we do bookings, we do shows, we do promo. So anything you really need as far as event production and promotional things, video content, music videos, artist spotlights, um, marketing, pretty much one-stop shop for independent artists and bands to try and put on and, you know, develop content and pretty much get their kind of EPK together, you know, and get it all out. So those are the sponsors. Uh, quick adventure time and some updates. Border X Brewing. We recently had our investor parties this meeting. I'm rocking my investor shirt right here. Um, testing all the kinks. It was two days back to back. I DJ'd. We had drinks. We had f Cuban food. Um, the vibes are amazing. I'm looking super forward to the grand opening that's happening this weekend, March 2nd, from 12, to 12 p.m. to 10 p.m. Uh, we're going to have Vendor Fair, Classic Cars, B-Side Players, Loteria, Arts and Crafts, just like a whole day of family-friendly fun, you know, bring the kids, bring the abuelas, bring your tias, uh, Latino-owned brewery, Latino-infused beers, so the Jamaica flavored red saison, or blood saison, uh, Abuelita's Chocolate, Orchata, uh, Pepino Sour, they make micheladas, um, and I'm telling you, like, really dope people, really about the community, brought me on board to help out with their events and their calendar. I'm actually going to be, you know, booking local artists and local vendors and really trying to make that a platform for folks. And they're all about it. So I believe in the company. It's why I invested. I believe in their vision. So now I'm working with them, for them. And uh, this weekend's going to be a huge blowout. On Friday, we're having Jerry Garcia, 
more of a low-key, soft opening show. You know Jerry? He's a comedian. Uh, and then uh, on, over the weekend, we're going to have, like I said, the B-side players as, as, as well as a little festival. And then Sunday, we're supposed to have DJs and arts and crafts. Super chill. Um, they close early. It's not really like a nightclub, go out and party, but it's definitely like good, lively vibes, you know? So perfect for uh, pre-gaming or, you know, date night, whatever. So it's going to be dope. Follow them on Instagram, BorderXBrewing. And uh, be looking out on my Instagram as well. I posted a couple pictures today from the weekend, kind of promoting. And uh, there's a flyer coming soon. Have a schedule, and it's gonna be dope. It's actually a huge opportunity. It's something that I've been stressing about for a while, and it's, I'm glad it finally is like materializing. And I'm um, hoping it's gonna change everybody's lives. You know, it's a they're a big company that they have a, a beautiful vision of like trying to support and bring up the people around us and the culture and the beer and the community. And so. I'm excited for what we're going to do. So Border X, check them out. And we spent the whole weekend. Uh, the Bell manager is actually moving up here from Temecula. So I, we drove around. And we went to different breweries. We went to Smorgasbord. I was basically, you know, con showing them all the people that I know, connecting them, you know, and introducing them to folks and uh, trying beers and just kind of like on that promoter hey what's your instagram hey let me let me let me get you let me let me send you the info you know like oh follow us connect you know and yeah. it was it was dope it was I, I feel like i'm gonna have a lot of fun but i did get a little too wasted and i'm paying for it today but that's neither here nor there <laughs> let's get to my guest Dwayne. say what's up what's up so if y'all remember the day i had to do a solo rant it was because my boy canceled and uh that's my bad it's totally understandable i totally I to get the it show <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're going to get into that, but um, we're going to do a little bit different today. We do have a previous episode with Dwayne already, episode 17, so we're not going to go into like the backstory and everything that he does and has done, Nickelodeon, TV, whatever, whatever, whatever. We're just going to go straight into, tell us what you're doing right now, and then we're going to talk yes. about Shade the Musical. Excellent. So right now, um, teaching, performing, improv and sketch comedy all over L.A. at uh, Second City, at the Ruby L.A., at Acme Theater, at UCB, wherever I can get up on stage and they let me do some improv, <laughs> I'll do it. Uh, I teach at some of those places. Uh, I teach sketch comedy and improv there as well. I'm an actor professionally. That's how I do most of my work uh, and, and keep the lights on kind of thing or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel uh, that. And then most lights are good. <laughs> hey, I, I like eating too. Uh, and most recently, I wrote and directed a musical comedy that the Second City at Hollywood produced called Shade. And uh, it plays on Saturday nights at 10 through April 27th. And I actually got to go to the show because yeah. you invited me and comped me out. I that appreciate that. You came to a preview show, and I appreciate you coming too. Hey, man, uh, the show was good. And I know I don't know how many times yeah. I have to tell you that. You've heard yeah. I probably told you like four times since you've been I've here. Been, I can't show get was, enough of hearing that. Yeah. The show was good. So Excellent. how about Excellent. you give us a little synopsis if people mm -hmm. haven't been on the social or they haven't seen you know your yeah. little. So just kind of give out what it is so people know what we're talking about. Shade. It's called Shade, a colorful musical comedy. Um, the general idea of Shade or the story behind it is that uh, what if you could be someone else for just one day? You know, I feel like most conversations uh, about race in America start with black and white. And I think they should start with black and white, but I don't think that's where they should end. So we're trying to um, expand the conversation on race beyond black and white, but definitely start there. Right. So the, the what if you could be someone else for, for uh, just one day is uh, a white woman and a black woman 
switch places. Okay, like some Freaky Friday some shit. Some Freaky Friday shit, yeah. And it's uh, really silly and fun. And um, they, they see that the grass, you know, obviously is always greener on the other side. Right, right. Kind of like the moral of the story type. Of, like you always sure, have that sure. kind of twist at the end where people are like, I want right. to be myself again. Right, right, right but right. we try to make sure it's, uh, it's, it's just funny from beginning to end. And that sucks them in, you know, rather than message first, we try to go funny first. Right, right. And it was it was good. One of the things that I really like commend you on is the music, you know, because it was so, catchy. Yes. I was singing the songs. I felt like in the moment, I was like, Excellent. damn, these shit's racist as fuck. Like, <laughs> but I didn't feel bad about yeah, it, you yeah. know, like it was it was good. So uh, well, um, it was definitely by design. I mean, the musical director, Huey Stonefish, uh, wrote uh, with Mirage Thrams all, I mean, composed all the music. Uh, wrote all the lyrics. Um, they had some help from uh, some cast members as well for our song uh, about Asians. Don't necessarily want to give away the title yeah, for yeah, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. But um, we had one of our uh, Asian cast members helping with that. One of our Chicano cast members helped him with a song called Chicanos, Hispanics, and Latinx. Um, Mirage and I are both black. Mirage is a black woman. I'm a black man. So we helped Huey with some of the lyrics for a song called I Love Being Black. But for the most part, it was uh, Huey Stonefish who did the most of the music composing and Mirage Thrand who helped him with some of the music and uh, al almost all the lyrics. And then Eric Shackney is our music director who plays all of our shows and also helped compose um, uh, one of the songs and wrote some lyrics for one of the songs and helped us out with uh, some of our mixes on some of the other songs that were that he would put together. So Eric's our uh, our musical director every week and Huey kind of got us started and 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 you know gave all this those like the structure beautiful the funny emotional moments that you know, from those songs that you hear. Yeah, uh, honestly, um, like I was telling you before, I was. I was kind of wary because of the musical, you know? Like, I wasn't yeah. sure if it was going to be cheesy or corny. Mm. Like, I knew it was going to be funny. I wasn't sure how it was all going to land together, though. And I've been in some musicals in high school, so even then I kind of felt like that over-the-top wonkiness. I was like, how is that going to play? But it it hit. It hit well. And so what was – where did that come, where did the idea come from? Maybe, like, if you have, like, that kind of – that you know where that concept was born from, or like why For did sure. you want to do a musical? Like, well, I like that you said that you had expectations coming into it about what musicals are, and because you've experienced them from the inside out, right? You know, uh, and we knew that too. Um, so what we would try to do at the Second City is social political satire, mostly through sketch comedy that we write through improvisation. Uh, at the Second City LA, we go a little further, and we bring our sketch sensibilities to what are traditional, traditionally musical theater kind of concept so I had an idea for a narrative show that could be easily be taken seriously in musical theater we kind of want to satirize and mock that right. even kind of mock musical theater by the way we perform bringing our sketch sensibilities to this story so the idea I had was like the dancing is like yeah, a little got, it's, it's, it's we got choreographed pieces that are over the top we right, got right. lyrics that are over the top we got situations that are over the top to invite people into the funny in a way mm -hmm. that is disarming so that way they can then sit back and be like alright we're going to talk about race let's, let's talk about it a little bit you know? right yeah um, but what, what we, you know, what we wanted to make sure we do was invite them in with the funny part of it. But we, you know, we purposely tried to build a narrative that, you know, was uh, all-encompassing, but yet still very specific to black and white, and but didn't stop there. You right. know, it uh, was almost like you used black and white as a way to comment on all of the yeah. race conversations yeah. and all the stereotypes. I, I like exactly, and I know I definitely wanted to do it with two women characters. This time around, like uh, the shows I'd done before didn't have uh, heavy female leads. So I wanted to like have um, give my opinions about through these uh, women characters um, ways where I thought we weren't 
being our best selves, um, all of us. And I thought that people listen, uh, good or bad. I don't. I'm not trying to say women are necessarily stronger or you know wiser, all that other stuff. I'm not trying to make them mythical, um, but I just do feel like people do listen a different way when the message might come from um, a woman than they might when we've traditionally heard our messages coming from men and how they might express themselves. Well, like how you said, it's your opinion, right? And mm -hmm. you made it clear, like, this is just an opinion piece. Like, yeah. the shade isn't a piece. Like, you're, what I was this is kind of your own, yeah, the your show own take. Is this is on your own take opinion. on it, right? Yeah, I think all of us are in the cast included. We poke and prod. We ask questions without giving answers. We say, this is what I think about, you know, what maybe this racial group says and does about another racial group. That's what I think about. It's what I've observed, how I feel, it's my point of view. That don't mean I'm right. That doesn't mean right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't, but but that is how I feel. And then we want, let's talk about it. We don't we don't want you to walk away saying, "Oh, I get it. I have all the answers now." <laughs> no. no. We want you to be like have conversations, further conversations about. On know, that note, yeah. though, and we, again, we don't have to go too deep, but the yeah. whole the Asian portion of it, yeah. when they gave like literally a history lesson mm -hmm. and like geography, and yeah. I was like. I did kind of, I did feel like, oh, I just learned, like, you know, I, I felt like I learned something. And I think that's, that's, awesome. um, that's one of the things that I commented is that, like, so much just because of my own political leanings and the university I went to and just kind of the climate right now, like, so much of comedy is, like, cringeworthy to mm -hmm. me, you know? Like, a lot of the people I listen to on podcasts who I like their conversations, I can't really go and, listen and watch their comedy specials. Like, it's the like, comedy feels it gives me, like, feel like, exploitative. When you say cringeworthy, I don't mind when I watch a sketch show and black is the butt of the joke, as long as that's not the only time that I see black. If every time I see black in a sketch show and black is the butt of the joke, fuck you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, can we be an equal opportunity offender? <laughs> so that's what I tried to do with Shade. I was like, hey, man, you know, yeah, you know. Everybody's going to catch shit, it. But we, everybody got to catch it. Yeah. Or what are we really doing then, you know, otherwise? So I know what you mean by uh, you've seen stuff out there that's cringeworthy because people are, want to express themselves, want to get across their point of view. We want to talk about race in a way where we can make fun. But I think the audience feels intent. What is your intent? Are you, you, are, is yeah. your intent to mock or is your intent to poke or prod? educate? Or I'm not. I'm not even trying to educate. I'm just trying to say, hey, here's my opinion. Right, right, right. You know, and, and, and hopefully my opinion isn't such that it puts down others in a way that is just trying to be, you know, dominant in some way. That's right. not where my opinion is coming from. My opinion is coming from a place where, hey, man, aren't we all a little shitty? Yeah. 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 I mean, <laughs> I was in a. I walked into. Was it Angel City Brewery? And they mm -hmm. had a. We went into the. This, we went into like this part where they had a, com a comedian live podcast show happening. We just went there because there's no line at the bar. Yeah. So we were like, let's go and get our drinks over <laughs> here. And right when we walked in, she was like, people are trash. We're so shitty these days to each other. And I was like, yeah, it's true. There's like a lot. Like we're seeing more of people's lives. We're seeing. And like everybody has. Nobody's perfect, right? Everybody mm -hmm. has their thing that, that they could improve on or that, you know, maybe. Like they're not making the right moves in society as far as like how they're operating with other folks, and um, we're holding people to ourselves to these ridiculous standards and trashing each other when we don't meet them. And people are right, like know, the hypocrisy of it all. Like, yeah, and people are getting shunned, and people are getting you know canceled, culture, depressed, yeah. and 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 taking their own lives, and all kinds of other things over nothing, over nonsense, over you know being part of the tribe in some way. Right. Um, when it's all ridiculous, man-made. If we did that and we and created it, we can create something else. You know, we can change all this. Yeah. It's all made up. Oh, yeah. We made it in the first place, right? Yeah. Uh, so let's talk about why you missed my show. 
<laughs> yes. I didn't realize yes. that you yes. had to rewrite yeah, man. the show. I had to rewrite the entire show. That sounds show. stressful. Yeah. <laughs> like, it was what, incredibly stressful. So luckily, what happened? what happened with that? Why did you have to rewrite it in the first place? Well, at a place like Second City, I want to say that I'm lucky in that when they choose to produce a show, they will give you a run of a show, which means that it'll get a regular night and a regular time and have a regular price to it at this regular place. Uh, but you also get four previews of that show. So it'll give you an opportunity in front of an audience to figure out, like we do with sketch comedy oftentimes, figure out what's working and what isn't, but in front of an audience. So that way you can finally, when you open, have a show that you feel like really works and uh, has our you know, Second City sensibilities and what you wanted to, to get across. So because we have those previews, I use those previews as a way to say, let me try this idea in front of an audience. So the, f the narrative they originally had by the second preview, our artistic director of the theater had come to watch the show. He's the artistic director of the theater, and he also produced this particular piece. So he wants to see what know, his name's on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I gave him a, originally a a a a, a uh, just a verbal pitch, and then a written pitch, and then a beat sheet, and then I gave him a script. You know what I mean? So he had all this. He knew kind of what it was, but he wanted to see is this really working? Right. You know the way paper, we the way like, we agreed yeah. that this was going to be working. He knows what kind of show he wants, and we know what kind of show we have standards that we want to put out there. And he knows what you do. He knows what I do. He trusted me yeah. from other shows, and they yeah exactly. He knows what and I've done. Second City has a history of doing shows exactly. like this that are doing commentary Similar. that are doing specifically the Second City here in Hollywood. Uh, we're starting to, to kind of build our own brand of the type of Second City show that we do. And I think that uh, Second City LA was like, all right, now we've had, you know, almost 10 years of doing these premium shows. They've changed even since I've done them, Dwayne. So <laughs> let's see what you got. So he came to that second preview to see, you know, are, are we on track? And then um, he was very excited about what he saw. But that excitement still led to uh, what he didn't see. Uh, I remember uh, after the, the lights went out, and I was like, hey, we got a hit. Pat him on the back. I was like, we got a hit, huh? He, he said, no, I said, we got a show, huh? He said, not yet. <laughs> <laughs> but in a very positive way. You know, in a way it was like, don't like, think that you, this is it because it ain't. But in a way they're saying, you got something. Because he said it with a smile, like, right. not yet. Like, not yet. Like, it's, it's going to be a show. And, right. When it's I'm done with it, show. it's going to be a show right. when you're so, done with it. And, and I love getting notes from, from Josh Funk. I've been working for and with Josh Funk for, you know, over 10 years. He said he gave um, you five pages of notes, though? Well, they were handwritten notes by me. I had my own notes that I wrote that, that night for, for the show. And then I got Funk's notes. And once I got Funk's notes, it was like at least four to five handwritten notes just from him alone of what I needed to do to make sure the show was how we needed it to be. So... I went home in a panic. I would be freaking out too. It's like telling someone. Like I got two more previews, and basically, if I if I literally follow these notes to a T, that's a whole different show. So I was like, well, how do I polish this turd that I have into what I know it needs to be? And I felt like Josh Funk's point of view, where he was coming from, which I think the show needed, was I, we need to be more of an equal opportunity offender, not just the white guys are bad. White people are bad, and or everyone white else is privilege awesome. Or like, yeah, yeah, it can't be to that because like, that's not it, not what I was even trying to say. Or POCs are not racist, right? That wasn't what I was trying to say, and that's how I was coming across that POCs are not racist, that white people are evil, and that's not what it is at all. So I was like, I need another point of view that I don't have in this writing. So I hit up my writing partner Kyle McGrath. We've written together for years. He was in Afros and Ass Whoopings as a as a performer. Uh, we've done sketch, whatever. He's my business partner. We've done all kinds of stuff together. So I was like, Kyle is from Kansas. And white he, dude. <laughs> yeah, white dude from Kansas. And he knows sketch. And he knows what I'm trying to do. Woke him up. Kyle, we got to do this, bro. <laughs> he, was, he was hungover from the night before. He barely I, heard what I, I was saying. I feel you, Kyle. I feel you. <laughs> <laughs> but he was like, he heard it in my voice. He was like, come over, bro. We'll do this. So I had recorded that, you know, last preview that was horrible. And uh, I started to play it for him. 
he got past the first song and he was like, stopped. And he was like, you know what? Let me just hear the songs. Don't show me the narrative. So we only, I only played in the songs. He's like, got it. So we put the songs up on post-its on the wall and we rewrote the whole narrative together, like beat by beat. We wrote beats together and I would go off and write the script and I was sending what I had. And he'd be like, yeah, this works. He'd punch up a joke here, punch up there. And we wrote, we rewrote the whole narrative in such a way where now I brought it to the cast on a Wednesday. We had that preview on a on Saturday. Saturday. You guys rewrote that Wednesday, for two days. Yeah, three I days. I brought them a whole new script where we had to like – Two more previews and then opening night. We had three weeks basically. So they had to memorize to get our and learn. And so, yeah, that was a, a huge undertaking for them, or well, for me, of course, and for uh, Kyle to put this all together, but for them too. So I had to know that the writing had to be such that we had to make it super gamey. What I mean by that is in sketch comedy, you have games that we heighten. Game is the first unusual thing that a character might say, and then we then repeat that pattern where the audience knows it's a pattern that we're repeating, but we don't just repeat by doing the same thing. We heighten. That's how. That's how you Basically, build it. That's how you build building it. Building blocks of comedy are really sketch comedy. So that's how we do sketch, and that's how most of comedy is built, is through heightening uh, a game. So we knew we had to make it super gamey so that – Is that like when you do it. the callback and then you bring back the thing you said at the front? Is Part that of the game, but what I mean is like a pattern. I mean like here's something. Here's something again. Oh, the audience goes, oh, it's a pattern. They did it again. But they didn't do it the same way. They did it better, funnier. Right. So they heightened it. Uh, so then you want to establish a pattern and then – change the pattern. So I knew I had to make the rewrite such that the audience got it and the players, it was so easy and gamey for them to remember so they had to remember all these new lines. Yeah, that sounds so like the hard that, part, yeah. right? So I had to make it super gamey so that brunch thing oh, that I came then up they're, to, they're, they, can, they knew all they knew that the game has little linchpins for them to come back. They'd be like, oh, if I get lost in it because there's spots in there I want them to improvise a little. That's why it's sketch. That's why yeah. it's sketch comedy, yeah. Well, that's why it's sec at Second City because right. that's how we write our improv, sketch. Improv, yeah. It's through improv. So, But I had to bring them back and then again, we didn't have a lot of time so I want them to stick to the script but and here's where you can play. And then come back <laughs> on beat. Yeah, so all that had to be structured in a way. But when you do it so easy for the audience, then it's way easier for the person who's doing it, right? Like Everybody in the room has got to be on the same page. The players on stage and the audience. It's, we can't lose anybody. We all got to be on the same page. You know what I mean? So it's got to be simple, yet new and different. It's like a song. It's How like an essay. It's like a poem. It sounds so... And you did it in like three days, and Bro. they put it together Bro. in four. Thank God for Kyle McGrath. <laughs> thank God for our sketch sensibilities that we have been doing all these years. Thank God for Josh Funk. Thank God for having a project that when I brought it to Huey, uh, when I had the linchpins, I had titles. I always just do temp song titles when I write something, write these musicals. I had temp song titles, and me and Huey like and Mirage. Titles, like Yeah, working titles. And we talk about these moments for, thank God for Huey and Mirage, where we talk about these moments for a long time, where we understood what these moments were. So when he brought these songs, it was like, fuck yeah, this is the moment. So the, the we thank God for that, because That's the majority I of I the could, bulk of the music. I told you, I was like, man, if, I need these first. Before we even get, you know, we even start rehearsing the cast because in case the narrative wasn't working. I told him that beforehand. I didn't know that it wasn't going to work or not. But right. I said in case it wasn't working, I can throw out that narrative. We'd have these songs that are working and build around that. Because the songs we is did. like the that's pattern, that's the outline. This it's is our like, emotional this is go. through line. It was our yeah. emotional through line. I said that from, from the, you know, the time I had the concept of it. And the concept came from when we did Afros and Ass Women's. Uh, we concept came from in 2014. We wrote it in 2015. It ran for a year and a half. We closed in December 2016. Um, I knew people were going to come up to us saying, "What's next for you guys? Right. What is your deal? What is your brand? You know, who are you?" So we wanted to have things that not only the audience would respond to beyond 
tissue sketch that we see all the time that's funny but no one remembers. We want the sketch that people remember. We also wanted things that the cast members could you know, latch onto and be a part of that's bigger than them. So they would give of themselves because we couldn't compensate them yet in ways that we'd like to in this small little comedy theater that we're doing. So it has to be big ideas that people give a shit about that aren't just you know the run-of-the-mill kind of, uh, you know, traffic sucks or, or whatever it is that's small that is funny. And we can exploit comedy out of anything, but we wanted big ideas. So we said, race is our deal. What do we want to say about well, race? That's what Afros and ass weapons. It, it was, was about also race. on race, right? And yeah. like police brutality and right. that. It was. Thing. It was about police brutality. But it was more serious people. and like. It was. It, it was, was more tear jerking. Exactly. You 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 were moved as much as you cr- uh, laughed in Afros. With with Shay, we wanted a straight up romp. We wanted just laugh from beginning like to end. Nonstop sore Nonstop laughter. Type bent over stuff. funny kind of thing. Yeah. And I, I always you know was noticing. People holding their sk- arms up next to each other, talking about skin color. With even yeah. people within the same culture, nationality, same so-called race or whatever, always talking about these different shades of what came down to me of the basic idea of people kept thinking white equals right and dark equals wrong. And I was like, no, <laughs> that's wrong. That's wrong. That's wrong. That's so very wrong. I wanted to change that through comedy. And I don't know about changing. I don't know how much change we're doing with Shay, but I know we're going to make you laugh and talk about it. The, I mean, mm-hmm. the conversation definitely is definitely a conversation starter because, like I said, me and my friends who were there, we were talking about it the whole way home. I was Dope. singing the songs. Dope. We were laughing at the moment. That's what we wanted. Even hear. the ones where we were like, you were like, oh, like almost you wanted to cringe. Yeah, it was like, oh, it's like, it's some sensitive moments like, in there. Yeah. Little, like, y'all teetered that line. Yeah. You know, and that's kind of what yeah. I, that's, that's what I said. And even when I put it on, Instagram, I, you know, I started a little conversation in, in the thread, the comments yeah. about like, you know, how do you balance that line? Where like you? You, you make yeah. you you make your fun, you you point out your stereotypes, you give your opinion, mm-hmm. but yet it's funny and and people can still respect you and you know you didn't have to you didn't go like just for the shock value right. and say some right. outlandish shit. Well, one, we knew we wanted to be an equal opportunity offender. That was the biggest note I got from Funk was like, bro, you got to make sure we all got a little dirt on us in some kind of way. And I agreed with that. I thought, that, yeah, that's, that's actually my, was my original intent. So if I wasn't getting that across, I would make sure I got that across in this rewrite. That we're all a little shitty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we all have our whatever, our hang-ups. Our, our hang-ups are, our, our, our character know, flaws, whatever. Character flaws. Yeah. That's really what it is. We just little character, character flaws, flaws, whatever. So it's, it's, it's not enough to, to, to just say, you know, these people are bad, you know, and we're not kind of thing. Because that's soapbox kind of, you know, message across thing. And I think that's kind of the narrative that you get right now from everybody, even like, yeah, like people, black people talking shit about white people yeah, and mo- saying how like you know dramas are like that when people try to tackle drama. You know, black is the flavor, or people of color rather, I think, not just black, are the flavor of the month right now. People of color are the new black right now. We want your stories. We want you to come be you and this other stuff. And a lot of dramas, I feel like, are getting a lot of our stories that weren't traditionally told out there. But when they come to race relations, it's always just like what how things should be. Not how things really are. Right, right, We're trying right. to give us answers when places we don't have those answers yet. So with comedy, we're not trying to give you answers. We're trying to point out the truth of what we see, what we observe. What you laugh at is what you recognize to be true oftentimes, but not in a mocking or shocking way. Uh, like you were pointing out, not just for shock value. It's not racist jokes that you would tell as a kid and snicker at just because they were so visceral. And then you made sure not, not to that. say them around no, other no. folks, right? We're trying to be smart about our humor in a way that pokes and prods and says, yeah, but look at this. I've heard that. Let's look at this. And, but in a way that, that is uh, hopefully forward thinking. Mm-hmm. You know? Well, that's what I mean. That's what I said. Like, it feels like it's a progression. It mm-hmm. feels like 
this is like the next stage of comedy where you're gonna have to like be really honest about mm -hmm. everything, mm -hmm. and you're not gonna be able to kind of like hand out the half, half concocted half of the story. Because I kind of feel yeah. like that's kind of what it's like. You're only because usually you have one comedian who has their identity or their experience, and they're doing their commentary, right? So it comes off as a very like. Oh, them. Like, mm -hmm. there's a very othering effect, right? All very homogenous humor. You know, the black people tell black humor. All black people, different white people. The, you know, Hispanic people tell, oh, how we're not black or white. You know, it doesn't have to be that. We right. can have our own stories in a way that are celebratory, or we can have stories in a way that, that aren't all separated. We can all be a part of this large tapestry. I know this sounds very kumbaya, but... I like <laughs> every kumbaya, day you wanna, man. You know, I'm from, <laughs> but I'm from Los Angeles. Right. You know, when I walk out uh, on the streets of L.A., even though I may have grew up in a black neighborhood, I had all kinds of people in my neighborhood that weren't black. Right, right, we right. We all got along very fine. It was all really great. And when my friends and family and people I see and work with and, and want to work with and want to be around and the humor I seek isn't just from black people, you know? And that's okay. I don't define what blackness is and other black people don't get to either. Let's make fun of that, right. you know? Let's make fun of all our foibles, you know? Let's make fun of that in a way that hopefully has us opening our eyes a bit more. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm, I'm with it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm right with on. it. But so. funny first, man, because, again, if it ain't funny, they'd be like, yeah, man, that song, right? No, but don't nobody want to be, you know, I don't want your woke-ass show. Right, you right. Know, and this woke show is a funny show. So it ain't a woke show. It's funny. It's funny. Yeah, that's what I mean, it, I, I did feel woke being there. I felt like I could yeah. I could brag to my woke friends about how woke right. I was. You know, you're like, able to do it with a smile on your face. Yeah. So you don't come talk about this this woke show. You come talk about this funny show. It's funny that it's, happens to be woke. It's funny first, definitely. <laughs> yeah. That's what we first. want. But yeah. I I just liked how everybody got a chance to say their piece I want the and moments. everybody's stories I want came. the moments. It's a black and white story. A white woman switches places with a black woman. Right? It's a black and white story. And then they, right? but they throughout but it, they're in, interacting in, in with... In there, they're interacting with Hispanic people, Asian people. Joy, you're saying you got some uh, some education in that song about the uh, the, the the history of uh, Asian people. Joy, the 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 woman who sang that song, helped write that, and she's got her degree, I think, in, in Asian studies or it whatever. It shows, so, you, know, you know, that's... It came out of, you know, that's her personality came out of that. You know, I wanted her to be able to, to share what she knows and has learned and what we are all walking around getting wrong or just, uh, you know, not understanding. Share that with us in a funny way. And she did. Dude, I'm so telling dope. you, she nailed it. And yeah. I'm, I walked out of there feeling like I actually understood a little bit more of yeah. the world and people's kind of, you know. Different points of views. Right, because we, we, we always feel like we had – it's our experience, right? So mm -hmm. it's always more personal to us. But we then have you to realize personal, that, yeah. like – other people are also having their experiences mm -hmm. and they're growing up with their racist parents or right. their not woke uncle or yeah. you know like, yeah. like everybody had exactly those that. people like I think that with the you know from from Obama being elected through Trump we, we all the aunties and uncles and grandparents got exposed yeah that was racist <laughs> well the, you know not just got exposed but it came out of the fucking woodworks first got exposed then came out of the woodworks because they thought it was all right to, you know, expose me. You know, they yeah, were they're yeah, embracing yeah. the racism. Like, and then, my president. <laughs> and we have to just push back harder. Like, we're not having that. No. We're not having that. Everyone, everybody knows. The people who embrace it and the people who don't. Everybody knows that this uh, Make America Great Again thing is really means make, a, make America white like we again. were 100 years ago <laughs> yeah. when it was more segregated, when it was more white dominance, when it was more white supremacy. That's what they want back. Right. That's what they wanted. The, the, the non-browning of America is what they want, don't want them back. 
And, and we're not having that. No, if anything, America's no going to get more brown. You know, I, I am not offended by someone calling me progressive because, because it has the word progress in it. Right. Progress means forward. Mm -hmm. You know, I have no wrong with that, with, with changing the language. You know, when I had someone argue with me. It was, it was a friendly debate. I won't call it an argument. It was a friendly debate after the show because first this beautiful woman congratulated me on a, on a funny show. She came to see one of her friends in shade. And then afterwards, she commenced to tell me how black people, she's like, oh, but I love your show, but um, by the way, black people can't be racist. And I was like, yeah, we can. I just gave you two examples in this show alone. And she was like, no, we can't because we didn't in invent the concept of racism. No, we did not. Nor do I necessarily am a believer, and I'm an anti-racist. But that doesn't mean racism doesn't exist. Right. Or that we can't be participants in that thing that, it, that we've now defined and now does exist. So I love the healthy debate. You know, especially from other black people, but I don't get to define blackness or who gets to be black or what blackness is, nor do, do I get to have you just wholeheartedly tell me black people can't be racist and me let that fly when I see examples of that all the time. Right. I want the debate. Mm -hmm. I want the argument. I want you to convince me otherwise um, because I think that's healthy. Right. And that's fun. I mean, that's, and that's, to me, ultimately, that's what art is supposed to do. That's what artists do, right? They push the boundaries. They're the visionaries that kind of get society, like, kind of on that edge where it's I think like, so. we're. We're gonna push it to the. I we're gonna push the narrative. Know, we're gonna push the story. There are a know? lot of artists who run away from what I think is the responsibility of the art. They'd be like, "Look, I'm just. I just want to express myself." Right. But to me, part of the expression is you have a responsibility if you want to show it to others. If you want to show your art to others and promote it and try to get paid, get for it out it there in some sort of yeah. general public way. You have a responsibility to then publicly tell us more than bullshit. Whatever is more than bullshit means to you. But don't just tell us bullshit. Right. Because once you, if you want to do your art and you want to just show it to a few or just to yourself and giggle in a corner and just be satisfied with getting it out in some kind of way, that's fine. Yeah. When you make it public, then it doesn't belong to you anymore. Right. And because of that, you have a responsibility. Right. Because it can go off and Cause you're affecting it's going to change masses people. of people. Yeah, it's going to affect people or people are going to be, they're going to interact with it, right? Yeah. Now it's so like, people, a lot of people, artists run away from it. They'd be like, look, man, I just want to do my thing. Yeah. You know? Do your thing. I'm just a rapper. I'm not, I'm not a you politician a or, or a community leader. But speak your rapper. truth. Yeah, yeah. That, I don't have a problem. You ain't going to speak my truth. I want them to be able to speak their truth. But don't give us bullshit. When I say don't give us bullshit, if your truth is the trap house, give us the truth of the trap house. That is more than the bullshit. It ain't just shines. Right. It ain't. No, definitely not. You know what I'm saying? It's so called give the trap the truth for a reason. For real, though. <laughs> yeah. I'm not trying to say that I'm going to be all dramatic. You can be, you know, there was funny rap, you know, back in the day, yeah, all that yeah, other yeah, shit. Yeah, and it still yeah. can be, and it still is. But give us your truth right. and not the bullshit. Well, now we're, we're going into music. That's my forte. I mm -hmm. just want to talk about the music was great. You basically just said it carried the show, and you rode around I it. That so music. Yeah. where did the ideas for the song? You said they, come, they came from the emotion that you needed yeah. and the lyrics, like... So, so when I was trying to craft this story, right, I knew that I wanted to be, again, be a black and white tale of two women, one black, one white. Originally, the story was that they looked alike, and they switched places because they looked alike. Oh, it wasn't Freaky Friday type shit. It wasn't Freaky shit. Friday. We changed it to that basically because of casting. I wanted flexibility in the casting to be able to put anybody in that role. Right. And not so just have it so that people looked alike. Looked alike, yeah. yeah. Smart. Um, right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so your question, ask your question one more time. Uh, uh, music. music. Yeah, yeah. Like the, how, uh, the idea for the uh, yeah, emotional like connection. How to the drive. Music. So like, in crafting the story, though, I knew that because of this black and white tale and I wanted these women to tell these tales or whatever, I was like, okay, well, the, 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 the broad strokes of it are going to be, what if Rachel Dolezal woke up 
and got her dream of being black, what would she go out and do? What would, what would If we got to make her black, not that she got to wish upon a star and become black and go off and have this Disney fantasy, but what if black people got to make her black and, and show like, her? This is what black people go show through. Show her what we go through. Yeah. And also someone like Stacey Dash. <laughs> what if white people say, great, you want to be white? Here, this is what being white means. But not and even white people, people making her. This is how people would Again, them. not white people making her white. What if black people got to make Stacey Dash white and say, oh, you want to be white? That was the original idea for me. So these characters are based on that. They're not Stacey Dash. They are not Rachel Dolezal, but their names are Rachel and Stacey. So I knew I wanted to have <laughs> all these. I didn't even catch that. Of course that. you don't, because that's not what was the intent. That wasn't the it show. Wasn't the yeah, intent. Yeah, yeah. But I want to have the emotional journeys of the grass is always greener. So if the grass is always greener, it's like, oh, you think it's dope to be black. What are the stereotypical things that you think black that it would be dope if you were being able to be black, Miss Dolezal? What were the stereotypical things you think would be dope if you were able to be white, Miss Miss Dash? Not that they know these things or said these things, but my version of what they might. Right, right, right. Your opinion. My opinion about it. So I wanted um, a I want song. All, you know, most musicals, if not all, have some sort of I want. This is what I want. I need to state my case. Right. So you can follow me as a character. What you know a, where I my want. motives are at. Yep. This is what so I want. So the I want, it's got to be them. T- I want it to be a duet, them together. I want you to be you. I want to be you. That's why we had this, you know, <laughs> the song they do. I won't give it away, but the yeah, duet yeah, that yeah, they yeah, have yeah, together. No, it's, it's good. It's good. After they, I want, you know, I want them to go off into these other worlds and, and be celebratory. Because they got what they wanted. Got what they wanted. I Love Being Black is one of the songs. Uh, golly, gosh, holy wow, something, something, I'm really white. That one where she says, what do I do with my hands? It starts off with these stereotypical white things. Right, right, right. You know, so we got her, you know, living her best life of, you know, the dream of being white. Then we had this, we, had, we wanted to have this magical element throughout the, the uh, original idea I told you, I was saying, what if black people could make Rachel Dolezal white? Uh, black. What if black people could make Stacey Dash white? With the black people part of it, the magic was what I wanted brunch to be. My two waiters are my magic. Mm, They'd be like, magical. we made them switch. Brunch is magic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we get to fuck with them now. They think it's awesome. So I need to add, for the songs I wanted linchpins of, it's awesome to be black. It's awesome to be white. Then it's not awesome. What are those not awesome moments? This is where you find out the grass is not always greener. The grass is not always greener. So I wanted the emotional moments of it's, it's, it's great. It's horrible. I knew I wanted an opening number. I knew I wanted an I want. I knew I wanted an I. It's, it's awesome. And then, a, and this then is how does it break down? Yeah, yeah. How does it break down? And what does that fucked up thing mean? And I also knew I wanted to celebrate things we do not know about Asian people and about Hispanic people that they want to tell us. Mm-hmm. How was it going to get all that in there when it didn't seem like it fits? Yeah, no, it was a lot. You know what I mean? I, I'm telling you, the show was a it's lot. It's a lot. Yeah. But I, that's what I wanted. But that, you did. That gave Huey a tall fucking order. He, we had lots of meetings like, what does this mean? You want all this stuff in there, and you also want us to get Asian people and Hispanic people in there too? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yes, I do. And it all worked. It worked. It all works. Yeah. I knew it could be that. You know, that's the thing about directing is you have to have vision when nobody else does man they're gonna slings and arrows are gonna come your way everybody's gonna question everything you do because they don't see what you you see at the same time yeah they don't see what you see um so you gotta have that vision that through line but at the same time i can't be so focused with blinders on that i'm not yeah so rigid that i I throw away the second city model the improv model of yes and a best idea wins you keep saying that what is that yes and yes you you mentioned it off outside and I'm, i'm still trying to figure out what the hell you're talking about in improvisation the concept of yes and is how we build 
an improv scene or, or a successful improv scene or or it's the building blocks of how we make something out of nothing. So the idea of yes and is I don't have anything and you don't have anything, but I'm going to make a reality by what I say and do. Not a whole reality, a piece of it. I'm going to agree with that. That's a, your yes. I agree with that reality. You just said yes to and what you just said I and did. Add, and and I add to it. Is I have to add to it because we're in this together. So the yes and part of it bleeds into your life. It starts off with improv. So it's like we're in a boat. Yes, everything. we're in a boat. And a simple now, game that we play is called ad game where there's a product, real or made up, that one person is going to add. A, like we're in an advertising company and we have to build this product together in this room. So the spirit of yes and has to be in this room. So we have these students literally say the words yes and, and then they give us what they're going to add to it. So if I'm building you know, a new bottle of water, I'm just saying that because it's in front of me, <laughs> a new bottle of water, I'd be like, this one's going to have straws that you can pull out of the top. You're going to say, yes, it is going to have straws you can pull out of the top. You agree with my reality. And, and it's also, and you add something to it, that is going to make comedy gold. That's how writer's room work. I never worry about a no. If you say no, everything stops. So we try not to do that when in, our, in our writer's rooms, in our comedy gold rooms, because when you say no, it just... Or but. But. Yeah. Is it, but is another no. Yeah, but is no. I don't worry no about winner. the bad ideas. Say the bad ideas, will, they will yes and themselves. They will flame out. The best ideas get yes and it. Yeah, and then we can do this, and yeah, we can do that. They get yes and it and built up in a way that we know that's a good idea. We know the bad ones like, because they flame out real fast. We, we yes and them to a point where we're like, oh, yeah, but that's not going to work because... We yes ended the shit out of it. Build we on tried. It. We Let's tried. Let's see how that goes. Yeah. Let's yes and it. So the spirit of yes and is what's what got us. What got me? Huey Stonefish, Mirage Strands, Eric Shackney, this amazing cast of 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 Tawana Floyd, Dahlia Glick, uh, Justin out. Robinson. Shout them out. Shout them all out. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Brendan McKay, Serenity uh, Garcia, uh, uh, Sarah Winchester. Uh, 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 John Ryan Benavides, uh, <laughs> Rochelle <going>. Gutierrez, <laughs> uh, Rashawn Perry, Mataji Booker, Erica Johnson. I got 14 cast members. Spencer Frankenberger. Um, I know I'm leaving somebody out, but they're John Doe. Yeah, they're going to be pissed. I left them out. Uh, Joy Regulano, uh, J- uh, Jonathan Elijah Cho. Uh, Huey Stoneface, Larry Shackley, Mirage Thram, Josh Funk. I mean, it's just a dope cast, dope producers, dope music. Uh, it's just, I, I couldn't ask for a better show. I just want people to come out and see it. The tough part about it is that we're Saturday nights at 10 o'clock. People got a lot of choices in LA for a Saturday night at 10 o'clock, but it's worth it. Yeah. It's worth it. And, but the show's not even long. It's like it's 45 minutes. It's an hour long show. Yeah, we, yeah. We, we come like in 45 can, strong, can, baby. I went there and you went still somewhere else after. Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. You still we went, come yeah. in. You can have drinks before, get there. You know, see this dope show and talk about it we for the rest of the night. Yeah. You know? That's yeah, why we exactly. were laughing. Yeah. Think, exactly, bro. It helps. <laughs> All right. Uh, I want to switch gears. We got 15 more minutes. So the yeah. show mm-hmm. every Saturday? Every Saturday through April 27th 10 p.m. at 10 p.m. And the Second City Hollywood, 6560 Hollywood Boulevard. Tickets are? SecondCity.com, $12. $12. Industry comps are free. So if you have a, work in the industry in any way as a casting director, a, a, a representative, an agent, a manager, uh, anything like that, or you, you have some sort of executive position, if you have a business card that shows you are in the entertainment industry in any kind of way, you bring that to our box office and uh, hit up Carrie Ann Pishnak, and you will get in all of our shows, 
all of our premium shells, all of our shells free. That's dope. And actually, that's what I wanted to switch in these last 10 minutes because you've mentioned a couple of things that I want to tease out. Mm-hmm. You said something about compensation. Yes. And that my ears, my ear prick up. Like, okay, <laughs> are, are these, you said these casts are not getting paid? The, the, we, have a, we have a model. We have a model at Second City where we do, we hit a certain threshold and our do, cast members do get paid. Okay. Not the way I would like them to. Right. And then we were. To it's a small theater. It's not equity. It's sixty-five seats. You know, if we break the fire code, you know, small. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then we were talking about outside off air. You were mm-hmm. talking about how you're trying to build this show up mm-hmm. to be a platform for the second city folks who go through the program. Yeah. So can I, we can we talk about this? Those absolutely. I, I feel like those tie in right compensation and getting work. And absolutely. Um, I'll try to don't let me lose track of compensation, but I'll start it off by I know we only got a few minutes. I'll start off by saying that every year for the past three years, Second City Hollywood has had a Los Angeles Diversity and Comedy Festival that happens the weekend. Usually it's the weekend of the fifteenth. I think this year it's going to be seventeenth and through the nineteenth or something like that uh, at the Second City in Hollywood. In that, we bring in groups for improv and sketch and stand up from all over the country that come here, and we celebrate diversity and comedy in a way through our second city vehicle, that kind of thing. We want that to continue. So, in wanting that to continue, I'm one of the I'm on the committee for the the uh, festival for the last few years uh, since its inception, as well as being a teacher at the second city. Uh, I continue to be a teacher there because, one, they'll have me, which is awesome that they even do that because I'm one of the people who's gone through their program there locally, not through their uh, Detroit or, or, Chicago, or, or Chicago or Toronto, other facilities, but through Los Angeles and be able to teach the adults there is a big freaking deal. Um, uh, so I continue to teach there, one, because they'll have me, and two, because I still get students to this day when they see me perform or when they see me or teaching a class, they'd be like, I've never had I've never even seen, never heard of a black improv or a black sketch comedy performer or instructor before. I'd be like, what? what? I have black improv teachers <laughs> or whatever. But if we don't continue that and make sure that we celebrate these voices and make sure are, and bring in other people of color, I'm always, anytime I see a person of color that I think that is remotely funny, I'd be like, you take an improv? <laughs> you know, it doesn't have to be a second city. It could be anywhere. But like, get in this. Because you know, comedy used to just be about stand-ups. You think of comedian, you think of stand-up. Well, now all these theaters do stand-up. They do open mics. They do storytelling. You know, a lot of these uh, traditional um, stand-up theaters now do storytelling. Now have a, a people come in there, do a little improv. It's all bleeding over into comedy. It's just comedy like a it's big comedy. umbrella. Right. So I'm in there to celebrate, to make sure that people of color. I'm in there for the festival for that. I'm in there as an instructor for that. And I'm in there shows like mine, hopefully, will have a vehicle for students who go through that program to say, yeah, you got this festival. Yeah, you have some teachers. But what do you do with me after I graduate? I got this show, Shade baby. the music. I got this baby. show you could be in that you can, they can celebrate you, who you are, that is uh, hopefully a concept that is bigger than you, that you want to be a part of, that you can invite people, industry, family, friends to come see that makes you look good. Yeah. And then they get jobs. They get pay. jobs. Every <laughs> premium show that I've ever put up, we've had people from the industry come watch those shows. They've been cast out of premium shows. People get representation that will get them other jobs that they get cast on out of these premium shows. That's every show I've put up and most of the other shows that have been put up there as premium show. Casting people do come there. Representation do come there. Industry comes to these shows. If they see you in a dope show being dope, they're going to make sure they put you up there and out there. People of color are the new black. Believe me, they want your voices out there. Shows like this help. Well, I mean... Yeah, definitely all that. I mean, if the Oscars (laughs) just... The Oscars proved it again, right? Like how many how many awards went to immigrants right. or children mm-hmm. of immigrants. Right. Um, well, I think it's dope what you're doing. First of all, the whole concept of the show, like I said, 
for my progressive liberal, you know, tendency. Yeah, like I was able You've to. You've been into it for a minute with your rhymes. Yeah. You went to school. What you did while you were at school. Yeah. So I, 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 I appreciated it for what it was. Mm -hmm. I heard the the message. I got the laughs. It was funny. It was edgy. There yeah, was times edge. where I was like, God yeah, damn. Yeah, like, baby, we walk was, it. We yeah, yeah, right yeah. There. You were like, like on the fucking tiptoeing. Right there. But it was good. Um, yeah. and then I just like hearing the back end of it, right? Mm -hmm. Like. How we put it together, the how we built music, that. The big music, how important the music was. It was like the important. whole, that basically was the show. Yeah. Well, I, what I didn't mention was that comedy, just like with the Afros and Ass Whoopings, the other musical Huey and I did before this one, comedy for the subject matter, you know. It needs music. Yeah, it needs that music. You can't do it straight face, quiet. Because race is such a touchy subject, and people think they know what they want to say about race when they start talking, and oftentimes find themselves saying something different when they start speaking. Mm. So we was like, we need music for this to kind of just lull them in a bit, let them relax, you know. And we, we got you. It's is what fun. We wanted. The, we wanted, yeah, yeah. It's, it's fun. You're covering these hard topics in a fun, lighthearted way, yeah. and you're, it's easy for you to go along with it. And you don't feel you don't feel racist while you're watching yeah, the show. Exactly. We want to, we want to take care of you in a way that you can just um, in the dark with other people look around without even seeing their faces and go, yeah, me too, yeah, me too. And you do that through laughter. Right. Laughter is the me too. Like, yep, me too. Yeah. We're all over there. We get it. We yeah. all get it. Yeah. All get it. Yeah. Well, tell the people where they can find you. I know Shade has hey, an Instagram. Shade now. has an Instagram. I believe it's uh, Shade Musical. Just look up Shade Musical. Uh, we have a Twitter page uh, as well, Shade the Musical. Um, or you can go to secondcity.com to look up tickets for that. Find me at, on Twitter at uh, Just Like Steven, at, at J U S T L I K E S T E P H E N. Or, or on uh, Instagram at uh, dcolbert01. Boom. Or cool. Yeah. And uh, everybody go out and see the musical. Please go support. Um, like you said, we want to keep these things around and keep the representation. And, and keep it's just a fun night out. Have a fun night out. But it also, like, you got to support the things you like. <laughs> you do. Or else they're not going to be there. That's true. Like, if, Absolutely. You know, like, if your friends are doing music or comedy and you yeah. like it, like, you have to show up. You have to. Or else, how are they going to keep... Exactly. Yeah. You got to gotta, you gotta vote with your dollars. You know, you got you to put your time in. Absolutely. And I appreciate you inviting appreciate me you, out. Brother. It Hell was yeah, a dope man. show. Thank you I for hope y'all kill it. You're going until April? Going to April. 10 p.m. every 10 Saturday. Every Saturday. Rain, shine, hey, lizards. show must go on. Yes. <laughs> I like it. All right. Y'all, thank you for joining us for another episode of Recognition and Respect with your boy, Sneaky. You can find me on all social media platforms that exist. I just joined a new one. So, yeah, they're constantly uh, constantly going new things. Just Can't Google Sneaky, S-H-N-E-A-K-Y. <laughs> Make sure to follow Border X. I'm going to be talking about them a lot. I'm going to be super involved. I'm super excited about what they're doing here in, in the community of Bell, Southeast L.A. Really a nice, like, reentification. as Killer Mike calls it, mm -hmm. you know, like, Pe mm -hmm. People of color owning businesses, yes. wanting to put on yes. the locals, not trying to, not to, reach not, out. Not to bring, yeah. bring, they're not bringing San Diego here. They're right. coming here and they're going to bring Bell into it. So Beautiful. I think it's dope. Make sure to follow them. Come out this weekend. It's going to be a sick party and uh, we're going to be doing a lot of fun stuff. Um, Speakeasy still happening. Indie's still happening. I'll be there for St. Patrick's Day. Uh, and then Speakeasy, we're going to be doing uh, March 8th as well as announcing some new shows with the Ill Spot and Face and the whole Monster Mashup clan. So staying busy, staying out there, trying to get paid, 
trying hey. to put my homies on, hey. trying to support. That's the name and of the game. Uh, <laughs> we'll be here every Monday night, 8 to 9 on the west side of the after party. Brittany, take us out. Mm-hmm.